This is 109.9 Leyline Radio. Welcome back, listeners, to Leyline Radio. The end of the dial at the edge of the world. True stories too chilling and strange to be real, or are they? Today's story, we are Western-bound for The Party of the Decade, submitted from Utah Anonymous. I grew up on the edge of Salt Lake City, and the older I got, I was encouraged to seek volunteer opportunities to sweeten my college applications. So I started volunteering my weekends and summers at one of the local state parks. Being a local there are stories on top of stories of people traveling to find themselves within the beauty and serenity of the parks, but then never being seen again. Old wives' tales to scare teenagers out of partying after dark leaving their secrets in the shadows of the trees. Over time, my volunteer position became an hourly position, which became a tour guide position, and after flunking out of college after a year, I returned and became one of the few full-time year-round staff members. I had no aspirations of being a park ranger, but my position required that once a month we stayed overnight and patrol around the park if anything unusual happens. The old-timers that seemed to be as old as the park itself would tell us stories of monsters, creatures, and ghosts seen throughout the park lands to terrify those who would have to stay within its boundaries once the gates were locked. I've always been a very practical person, so ghost stories and questions about what goes bump in the night never concerned me. I was more concerned about being a midnight snack to a hungry bear. The summer came, and those overnight stays were... Relatively uneventful, only one or two small groups of teens having to be escorted off property. My first summer there was coming to a close, and the local colleges and high schools were starting classes once again. September was unusually chilly, so we saw a quick decline of visitors. It was my evening to stay overnight again, and I loaded my bags and down coat into the cabin designated for us and began my hourly patrols in my trusty golf cart. I hummed quietly to myself. The sound of gravel crunching under the light tires of the cart filled the night as my walkie chirped to life. Watcher 1, this is Ranger Services. Come in, Watcher 1. Watcher 1 here, go ahead. Watcher, we're seeing some lights coming on the edge of the great field right near the edge of the ravine. We're headed that way, but you're closer. Can you check in, please? Received, Ranger. Headed that way. I take the right at the fork in the road, and just over the ridge I see what seems like pulsating multicolored lights just beyond the tree line, the vague shapes of people within. I roll my eyes, probably some college students wanting an exhilarating Friday night. The closer I get, I can start to hear the faint sound of 80s music. I park the car and grab my large mag light and head towards the forest line. I can't make out the sound of voices but the music continues to faintly drift over me. But when I cross through the foliage into where the lights clearly were, nothing was there. I shift my lights around surveying the area beer cans, wrappers littering the ground, but I can't see anyone there. And I can't pinpoint where the faint sound of music is still coming from. I reach for my walkie realizing I had left it in my cart, so I headed back to check in with the park rangers. Ranger Services, come in. This is Watcher 1. Go ahead, Watcher 1. So I saw the lights and went to look closer, and there was no one there. Can you all converge and confirm? When I turned to look back into the forest line, the lights had returned. 
the faint outline of people still there. Within minutes, the park rangers arrived and we re-entered the tree line and spread out. But once again, I cross through the dense foliage and find my way into that clearing. And there is no one there. Nothing here again, Ranger Services, but I can still hear music. Where are you located, Watcher One? We also don't see anything, but we can't seem to locate you. Well, I'm right in the clearing through the tree line. So are we, Watcher One, but you're not here. Can you help me, please? I can't seem to find my friends. The words cut into me like a cold wind. I turned on my heels to see a teenage girl in jeans and a sweatshirt and a jean jacket in front of me. Oh yeah, absolutely. Where was the last place you saw them? I asked her. She weakly pointed over towards a small pile of cans and snack wrappers. We were all hanging out. I had to use the bathroom and I haven't been able to seem to find them since. Park services, I have a lost teen here. Please meet me at the vehicle for assistance. Just follow me. We'll get you help to find your party. But when I turned back, she was gone. No one was around. I gripped my flashlight tighter and quickly found my way back to the golf cart. The park services guys were standing around. What took you so long, man? We've been waiting for over an hour. Where's the girl you found? I looked at them blankly. I just called you guys literally five minutes ago. No, man, the last time you came through on the walkies, you were fuzzy and breaking up, and you said something about a lost person, and that was over an hour ago. Yeah, but she, she ran. One second she was there, the next second she was gone. Did you all find anything? No, just some basic trash from people gathering there at some point, but no one was there. As soon as we got close enough, all the lights disappeared, but we couldn't find anything. Yeah, me too. We all just stood there in silence until we quietly parted ways. I went back to the cabin to take up the report so my higher-ups could follow through with this. Then I had to contact local police, but they seemed uninterested in sending someone out in the middle of the night to find a girl who seemed to just vanish. The long gray sat there and looked at the clock. And when I left for the call, it was about 1.30 a.m., but it was now just past 3.30. But for me, there was no way two hours had actually last. Park services continued to check in, saying they kept seeing the lights throughout the night but could never find any culprits. I submitted my paperwork, and in the morning, I went home. When I arrived back at work a day later, I was put in charge of showing a new group of volunteer college students around and cleaning up the clearing from the other night. My park services comrades from then joined me as well, and we quietly talked about everything again, still not being able to place what happened. More confusing as we cleaned, all of the wrappers and beer cans, cigarette packs that were scattered, weren't recent, but they had no wear or damage on them. All of them from sometime in the 80s, I mean soda that was no longer made, but looking like they had just been discarded just moments ago. We took pictures, and as we gathered the trash in the larger bags, one of the girls shrieked, Oh my god, I think it's a bone. I joined her. More than likely, with our natural animal population here, there are going to be some bones around. I leaned down, and sure enough, it was a bone. But it was rather long. Not much wear to it, but no muscle or tissue left on it either. Uh, could, could someone come look at this? 
said another student from across the clearing. We all looked down, and sitting there in a small nestle of ferns was a skull. A human skull. I had everyone set down their bags on park services, called down to the police to get them there quickly. They rummaged around, marking off the scene as a possible crime scene. I was required to stay for questioning on that day and the night when we were around. I was sitting on a stump, overwhelmed between the course of questions from police and the bewildered look from the volunteers who were still not allowed to go home when a female officer shouted to the group. There's clothing on this one. She pulled back a bush and there, still perfectly dressed, was a skeleton. The clothes had no wear and no residue of decomposition or rain or years of weathering. But in that moment, I knew I had seen that jacket before. It was the same jacket that the girl had worn that night in the field. I made quick eye contact with the park services guys, and they knew. After a few more hours, we were sent home and given the next few days off. The story eventually hit the news, and as we expected it would, Altogether, they found the remains of 35 different people between the ages of 18 and 26. Dental records were run, and in that first week, only one matched a local missing persons. When they flashed her picture on the screen, I dropped my mug of tea and felt the need to sit down. She was 16 years old, a local girl who had gone missing after going out with friends in September of 1987. She was the girl who asked me for help in the clearing that night. It would take over a year to place names and faces to over 30 of the bodies found. Four have still not been identified. They were from all over the country, some even beyond that. Police and local authorities are still confused. Each one of the people went missing sometime between 1986 and 1988 and had not been seen since. Theories were starting to form about a serial killer who could have been operating in the Tri-State area that used the expansive area as their dumping ground. But no one could explain how little to no damage had been done to the bones or the clothing that was found how they were also all completely intact. And to this day, no real answers have come to light as to why or how, but at least 30 of those missing people were laid to rest. By the following January, I left that job and moved to the coast of California for a change. That fall would be the coldest the area had ever seen. And on those nights of patrol, we would occasionally see pulsating lights the faint notes of 80s pop music drifting from the trees. And when you looked close enough, or you lingered a little longer than you needed to, a girl in a jean jacket would be smiling and waving. This is just a reminder that sometimes our journeys don't stop, even on the other side of life. Thank you, Anonymous, for your role in helping ferry those lost to the other side of peace. Now join us next time for more stories too chilling and strange to be real. And don't worry, if you can't find us, we'll find you. This is the host, signing off.